Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I am here with Meredith Shutter. Let me tell you a little bit about Meredith. Meredith is the founder of Protect Smart Personal Safety. She was in the Vancouver real estate game for over a decade, and it was a career she loved for numerous reasons, but primarily for the flexibility to raise her three children, work with fantastic buyers and sellers, and earn commission sales on her own schedule. As a remote worker, Meredith often felt vulnerable and alone on the job, at open houses and on tour with new clients, and this is when she created Protect Smart Personal Safety to help empower remote workers, solopreneurs, students, online daters, and of course, realtors on a global scale. Offering Protect to enterprise clients as a custom branded product who wish to create a culture of caring and togetherness for their employees is at the root of Meredith's mission for deeper corporate responsibility and safer workplaces. Meredith now lives between Vancouver and Whistler with her husband, three kids, and two dogs. She's the founder of Protect co-founder of Chi Integrated Health with her husband, sits on the board of the Whistler Waldorf School and helps with fundraising for Canuck Place Children's Hospice. Meredith, thank you for coming onto the Me Time Midlife podcast. Thanks, Kim, for having me. Yes. Well, I initially was introduced to you through the entrepreneur conference that I attended last year, and you were one of the speakers. You did an awesome job. Um, you shared your story and and how you came to um, to start this brand, this company of Protect. And that's what we're going to talk about today because I thought it was so important. I reached out to you and I said, hey, I'd love to talk about this on the podcast. So we'll, we'll get into that. But first, uh, let me ask you the, the, the question I ask every first time guest, which is what do you enjoy doing during your me time? Hmm, good question. Um, lots of things. With this new business, I feel like I haven't had as much me time as I probably should. Um, but, you know, I always carve out some time, obviously, um, three kids and husband. Uh, when we're in the mountains, uh, we love to get outdoors, we ski, we hike, we go camping quite a bit, and we love to travel. We often have friends over, uh, lots of cooking. My husband's super into cooking. These days, we just got a sourdough starter. So we're like sourdough nice. bread for <laughs> extravaganza right. in our house. I'm buying like organic flour by the kilogram these days. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. We do lots of entertaining and, and drinking wine with friends. Um, I do quite a bit of volunteer work. As, as mentioned, I'm on recently joined the board of our school. Um, and I love raising money for Canuck Place and their gala. Um, it's a great charity that's really close to my heart and as well as for my family. I also really love mentoring um, entrepreneurs. I would say younger entrepreneurs, but not necessarily. Primarily female entrepreneurs. Um, if I can save them some time and heartache, I think it's really important. I enjoy educating women on the importance of investing in women. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that um, you know is a little bit on trend right now, but it's so important women are, do have disposable income, we're breadwinners, and we're decision makers. And I think it's becoming more of the norm that women make their own investments 
and take a risk. Um, it's been primarily a male-dominated industry, angel investing and such. And um, I think it's important to encourage women to also get in the game. And because we have so much to offer from a mentorship standpoint, um, more than just funds, we have a lot that we can share with entrepreneurs to really help move the dial for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's great. I love that, um, you know, in addition to the things that you're currently into, um, you know, you're also into, you know, advancing women, right. And financial independence and stability. And um, yeah, it's true. Women make most of the, most of the decisions when it comes to finances in the home, Um, women are making their own money. um, And it's important to 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 get women in that conversation. So I love that. And then the women entrepreneurs as well. Um, that's great that you can offer your mentorship in that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mentioned a little bit that um, I heard you speak at the Entrepreneur Conference in Vancouver last year. And you shared a story that I really was like, wow, what an incredible story. Um, everybody always wants to know how a business starts, right? Um, where does it come from? Why did you start this? Why is this so important to you? And um, I'd like for you to share just a little bit about your story and what prompted you to create the Protect app um, so that listeners can get an, an understanding of, of, you know, why you created this. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yep, absolutely. So Protect was really created out of a need you know, much like most great businesses. Um, As mentioned, I was in real estate for many, many years, right out of university um, on the west side of Vancouver, primarily. Um, It was a job that I totally loved. Both my parents are um, dental surgeons and had a very different path in life and worked, you know, the old eight to six, then on call. And for me, finding flexibility was really important and being able to be my own boss and really entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. So I I was in real estate, um, great job. obviously a solo worker for a big chunk of my career and got into it as a pretty young woman. And I had a situation about six years ago now where I was in a large home owned by friends of mine, clients of mine, and I was doing an open house and two guys walked through the door and slammed the door behind them and locked it. And I heard the door lock and I was standing in the kitchen and I instantly knew I was in trouble. This was unusual. And, you know, my spidey senses went crazy and I was sort of on guard And one of them stood by the door. Um, We were alone in the home, just them and myself. You can tell because there was no other shoes at the front door. So that's kind of a telltale sign for predators. Uh, One guy pushed me up against the counter in the kitchen. And, you know, I had his hand in my mouth and I was writhing to get away from him. And I got really lucky because um, a young family had come up the back of the home and heard me fighting back. And the husband opened the sliding door and obviously disarmed the situation that didn't go very far. I just left with a few bumps and bruises on my arms and shoulders. And the two guys left out the front door, never to be seen of again. Um, But I was standing there in the kitchen um, in shock, primarily, and spent a lot of time after that moment struggling with, can I let my clients know that this happened in their kitchen? These were friends of mine. They had children. The last thing they'd want to hear is that their realtor was assaulted in their home. Um, Was it going to affect my business going forward? Would they still, would people still call me? Would I still be able to make an income in this profession? And I think what, what hit me the hardest is I, there was no community for me to talk to. Mm. Um, I wasn't raped. Um, It didn't go very far. 
but I, I was physically assaulted. And when I started to speak to the real estate community, I realized I wasn't alone. Um, they say that 40% of realtors, both men and women, have experienced a similar situation in the workplace. And I, I spent the following year really having a huge realization that I couldn't go on with my job the way it was. Um, I couldn't tell my family. I felt like my mother would never let me go to another open house again. Right. And um, so I, I struggled a lot with that. And how could I make this job something I can do and feasible? We, we were a two-income family living on the west side of Vancouver. Me stopping working was not an option. I had two kids at the time, now three. Um, so I, I talked to a lot of people for about a year and a half. I spoke to, I would say, probably over a thousand people in different platforms on the phone and email in any way I could possibly reach people who had been assaulted um, from smaller assaults to larger assaults. And I really came to the conclusion that there's a huge lack of corporate responsibility in the business world. I felt it tremendously in the real estate sector. It was something nobody ever told me about. I was never discussed. We spend lots of time taking courses and safety was never something that came up. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to help keep my fellow real estate agents safe. And so I, I had said to my husband, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build this. Um, something like what I'm offering doesn't exist. I'm going to spend all of our savings, <laughs> like <laughs> everything, and build it. And he sort of looked at me. Unfortunately, he's also an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And he, he sort of smirked and gave me a high five and said, go for it. Wow. So I was off to the races. I, I built a team and um, spent the following two and a bit years um, putting it together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here we are today, we're almost two years in and, and it's been quite the journey. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, what a traumatic experience that you, uh, you had. I mean, I can't imagine that. And then just, yeah, all the other things that I don't know if you shared about when I, when I heard you speak, but about just, yeah, how traumatizing that would be and how, you know, you, you can't really talk about it or you don't want to talk about it, you you know, and who do you tell even if you do talk about it and what do you do from here and all that kind of stuff. So, wow, but it led you to create this Protect app. Um, so can you just share like what is the Protect app if people are like, what? well, what is this app and how does yeah. it work? So it's an enterprise platform that we partner with businesses and it gets distributed as, as an app to all their employees. So we do all the onboarding. Um, it works on every phone out there. We call it device agnostic. So Apple, Android, anything in between. And so the employee would get an invitation from us and their employer, welcome to Protect, and give them a little bit of background on what we do and how we want to keep them safe on and off the job. We're really a, a tremendous benefit for employees at work and at play is how we like to word it coming and going from work you know taking the bus going on a date on the weekend you can use our platform at work and at play um, and it really works on timed alerts it syncs with your calendar and your contacts seamlessly in your phone so you could set up an open house for next sunday and just all you do in the app is click your calendar all your events show up in the app click it and it starts and it runs in the background as soon as you have pre-selected it to start. So if your open house is two to four on a Sunday, it would start running two minutes to two, you'd get a notification that your event has started. And then what happens is during the event, if you're ever in trouble, you can hit the, the SOS button and call your friends and family immediately. 
they will get access to what we call the communication room where they can see where you are, what you're doing, any photos you've taken, any notes, um, as well as get in touch with any of your other protectors because they may not all know each other, but they all want you to be safe. And then at the end of the event, if you don't check out, it will actually send different alerts to different protectors that you at your choosing, whether they be work protectors or friend family protectors, that's up to you and your employer. Um, and then with that, everybody can rally together to bring you to safety. And if at any point you need help, like I often open the app just while I'm going in an alley or in an elevator, I just swipe up the app opens and there's a huge help button in the middle of my phone. Mm -hmm. And I find that it's very interesting to see where people's eyes go. They will look down at my phone and go, ah, you know, okay, this woman is carrying around a giant help button. Right. I'm going to keep my distance. And I don't think that's such a bad thing. And I'm often encouraging my 15-year-old daughter to do the exact same thing mm. if she's ever feeling uneasy. Because we do know when we feel uneasy. And you may as well use that feeling to keep yourself safe. So that's what we do. Um, it has all sorts of other cool features. You know, it has an excuse, excuse call feature, which we find realtors really like. If you're uncomfortable, you just click it and your phone will ring at a selected time and then you, it gives you some time to you know make a little conversation and get out of an uncomfortable situation um you have the option to be to have your friends and family and colleagues actually walk you to work if you want them to if if you turn that on so they can actually see when your event starts and when you get to where you have to be if you don't want to be actually like followed to work no problem we just let people know if you get into trouble mm -hmm. wow that's great did you come up with all these ideas or did did your team and, and you well, all kind of initially <laughs> thought of I everything came, I, I feel. came up with tons of ideas and yeah. fortunately my team kind of reins me in uh -huh. because you know I just want to keep adding and adding and doing more and doing more a lot of our features nowadays because we are in version well we're probably in about version four mm -hmm. have been because our clients ask us for things like right. the excuse call feature we have something super cool that if somebody has a diff isn't you and doesn't have either your thumbprint, your facial recognition, or your passcode, whatever you've set up on your device. If they're not you, it actually takes a photo of them and posts them on our communication room. So now you're creating a police report in advance if you ever need it. And that came about because of my situation. I, I racked my brain. I still think about it, that I, I wouldn't be able to pick out these two guys in a lineup I ever. I spend a bunch of time thinking maybe I'd recognize one of the guy's smells, which is really disgusting, but I, I, I couldn't remember what they look like. And when you just go into shock, you just tune all that out and it's just survival mode. So it was important to me to create something where people could actually document situations if they're needed. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now you don't have a technical background, right? Nope. Okay. So, but, but I have a friend who is in the process of creating an app and I know it's very technical. So how were you able to transition kind of in your midlife yep. years from selling real estate to running a tech company? Yes. Super good question. Um, I would say that every day I'm learning um, mm -hmm. and I have to be open to learning and very flexible and agile in my learning. Um, it's definitely not been easy. It was a, a pretty huge risk on my part and my family's part. Unfortunately, I had their support to make it happen. Um, because yes, in my 40s, I was quite comfortable in my career and, and doing well and financially secure. And then to sort of pull the rug out from under myself and decide to take a, a full 180 career change um, is, is a bit unusual. I mean, I'm, I'm not the lone ranger on this one, but it's definitely 
different, especially not as a technical founder. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the most important thing is I always hire people way smarter than myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in full disclosure, I surround myself with pretty brilliant minds and everybody brings a unique and powerful perspective and resource to our team. I'm able to do what I do best and I outsource the other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I learned that the hard way. Probably the first year, I tried to do a lot more than I should. You know, I made mistakes um, and I had to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And having good mentors is really important. And sort of fumbling your way through, but with educated opinions and people around you who know what they're doing. So it's been, it's been really fun. I never know what's going to be thrown at me. It's totally rewarding. Yeah. Um, and as a, a woman in my forties, it's, it's challenging on many notes. I would say one of the most important learnings that I've, I've experienced is really the fundraising piece mm. and being a female in my later, you know, sort of midlife mm -hmm. with three kids, there is some prejudice. Mm. Um, there's lots of questions I get, like, how are you going to run a company with kids? Uh, and it's, it's ironic because now as I hire, I always think, you know, women with kids, we don't, we don't work lightly. Like when we work, we work harder than any man sitting behind a desk <laughs> right. we're away from our family. We've got things to do yes. and places to be and other people who need us. And so when I'm on, I am on mm. like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been really cool because I've been able to show my kids especially my older kids. So they're 15, 13, and five, especially my older kids who saw me in my heyday of my real estate career that, you know, I, I took a risk, followed a passion, um, was somewhat forced into something different. Something happened to, to make me look at my life in a different way. And they got to see their dad be highly supportive mm -hmm. of our lifestyle change and, um, you know, not giving up. And I think, now my daughter, if you ask her what she wanted to be, she'll say an entrepreneur, which totally cracks me up because what is an entrepreneur? Um, but, you know, I, I like the fact that she's thinking outside the box and I, and I speak often at schools and I'm amazed at these young people who think of entrepreneurship as a, as a profession now. It was never an option when I was a kid or you were a kid either, Kim, I'm sure. You know, we were doctors, lawyers, teachers, counselors, all these other wonderful things. Right. But thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur and then looking backwards at what can I do to fulfill that job as an entrepreneur is completely the opposite. Um, even the opposite of how I fell into it really, but I, I find it fascinating. And in that sense, it's, it's, I wouldn't change a thing. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, I think it's all about where, where is there a need? What's missing? And how can I come and fulfill this need? Mm -hmm. You know, and you have this great, not great in a happy way, but you have this great mission based on, um, you know, the situation that you were in. So um, yeah, that must drive you every day. And then what an example for your kids, just like you were saying, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I love it. That's great. And um, what a great testament to make that mid-life, mid-career change, which more women are doing now in midlife, which is great as yeah, well. I love that actually. And you know, you've, you've worked all these years in your life. Mm -hmm. And if you can find something that really drives you, you take a chance. And my kids see me struggle for sure. Um, but they see me get back up every day and um, keep going. Right. Awesome. I love that. 
So let's get back to your Protect app. Now, what type of industries are using your platform? Well, currently we have a really strong connection in the real estate sector. Uh, realtors are at risk and it's something that's not discussed. And so for me, education is really important. We speak to a lot of realtors. We go to a lot of real estate conferences. And I really think it's important that all major real estate brands get on board. Doesn't have to be with our platform, but with something that really shows the public, you know, that they are corporately responsible and they want to keep their people safe. Um, you know, as I said, 40% of realtors globally are feeling unsafe in the workplace, and these are not okay numbers. We have a really great relationship with Remax Canada, and they've been a huge supporter of ours right from the beginning. They really want to keep their agents safe, and they actually find it as a great recruitment tool to let people know that, you know, join Remax and we will keep you safe. And it's something that's part of their mission statement. There's a gentleman who runs Remax Western Canada named Elton Nash. And he's probably the most progressive, caring, and forward-thinking VP that I've ever come in contact with. Um, he truly and deeply cares about the real estate sector. So that's been, our, that's been our sort of beachhead market is real estate. And then we're moving into healthcare. We work with some healthcare companies. Um, we'd like to see a larger focus on healthcare. You know, where 70% of nurses have experienced situations where they're unsafe Hospitality is another really big sector for us. If you think of um, the housekeeping staff at hotels, these are often female-driven industries. And these are women who you know, are often new to our country. They have major responsibilities. They have mouths to feed. And they don't really cause much of a stir, but they need to feel safe. They have a very important role and their job is vital and they're feeling unsafe. Um, retail is pretty massive. We're starting to look at retail. You know, they say one in six retail workers have actually been assaulted and felt aggression at work, usually from shoplifters and such like that. Um, food and beverage, um, some of the major food chains of Canada we're in, in conversations with, I think that would be really awesome. Um, when you think about a younger workforce that's somewhat transient, for these companies, it's really important to build a culture of caring and togetherness to really keep these staff happy, safe, and around. Because we all know that training staff and losing staff and hiring staff is a big pain point for a lot of businesses. Um, I would say lastly, a, a market that I see huge potential, we're not there yet to actually approach them, but it's something that I really, really feel passionate about is the university market. Mm. Um, you know, 23% of women and 5% of men on campus have experienced an attack. That's insane. Like 23% of young women who walk around UBC have been attacked. Um, not okay. So this is, this has to stop. And, you know, I love this industry we're in because, you know, we, we're, we're not the only ones and there's going to be others and that's great. But if we can start the conversation and make personal safety mandatory, then we're doing our job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to mention because uh, the majority of uh, the listeners of this podcast are in the States. Um, so I do want to emphasize that this is an app that is global, right? At least um, US, Canada, right? Anybody can yep. use this we, app. Okay. Well, you have to be. So right now we're enterprise focused. So we are B2B focused, right, right. which means that you have, if you actually went onto the app store and tried to download it, it would ask for your organizational code, mm -hmm. but you actually do have to work with a company who has 
purchased a subscription or a licensing agreement for you. Right. Um, so that's, that's how we're working right now, but we do have customers in the UK and in mm-hmm. Europe, lots in the States. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely ready and everywhere. Yeah. The great thing about technology and apps exactly. and phones. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's say somebody listening to this thinks this is awesome and would like to approach their employer about, um, using this app and, and having this app for, you know, for their employees. Yep. Um, how would somebody approach their employer about this? That's a great question. Um, and I think a really important one. I think employees, the first step is that the employee would see the benefit and would feel they're worth it, which is awesome. And they are worth it. And it's not an expensive platform. Like this is not something that employee, employers have to think about from a, a fiscal perspective. We're we're not talking about big money. We're talking about very few dollars for your employees to keep them safe. And it's really a benefit. So I think it's important for an employee to mention to their manager and then escalate it as a benefit that they demand. They, They would demand feeling safe, feeling connected, and really show the benefits Um, from an employee standpoint. Um, And then we're always looking for intros. We love intros. If we're directed to our website, uh, we actually have a referral program that's super cool. So if an employee does see a benefit in this and pass it on, and if if we can end up working on a partnership, we will consider them a champion and reward them Mm -hmm. for for a job well done. Right. Right. Great. Great. So now let's say um, somebody goes to their employer, tells them about this app, um, demands it. I like that. <laughs> um, and like you said, uh, it's just a, what what is about a couple dollars a month per employee. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not expensive. Yeah. It's just more about getting it out there mm-hmm. and um, creating human connection in this world where we're so deeply connected in so many ways with social mm-hmm. media and all this other stuff, we're actually highly disconnected. Right. And I think at the root of what we're trying to do is to build up communities of employees who all work together, who care about each other. They may as well be there for each other if they need help. That's great. I love that. So let's say they have a great employer and they are on board. Uh, What's the next step? Well, they can reach out to us. Like uh, the employer might want to scope us out on LinkedIn or check out our website but our team is ready and willing to do demos at any time. We can pick up the phone. Um, we can set it up literally, I would say in 48 hours, we can have a company uh, custom branded. So we always do a white labeled custom branded app. So all the employees get actually a custom branded from their employer, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool from the employer standpoint, because now we're, we're letting the employee know all the time how much we care and we're letting their friends and family know that we truly care about their loved one. So that's kind of important. We're also ready to API integrate. So if, if it's a company that already has an existing application of any type, we can actually just plug in as a safety feature in that application. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all things considered, we can get things running in about 48 hours. Um, so we can onboard employees. It's not difficult from our end. We're ready. So it's just introductions mm-hmm. and we're happy to do online demos, phone calls, sample three month programs. No problem. Nice. That's mm-hmm. great. That's great. Um, okay. So I have a bunch of links here that I'm going to post in uh, the show notes. So listeners can go and check out your website, myprotectapp.com. We have LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You guys are all over social media. So that's great. 
Um, yeah. And I think also if people tell their friends about this, especially a lot of those professions that you mentioned, you know, real estate, nursing, hospitality, retail, universities. I mean, we all know people in these professions um, and they're people that we know and love and care about and we want them to be safe. And so I would really love to see this uh, app spread and grow. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate that it came from such a traumatic experience that you had, Meredith, but um, to think about all the women that are going to be protected uh, through the creation of this app is just really beautiful. So thank you for creating this and thank you for um, sharing this at the Entrepreneur Conference where I was able to hear you and then I wanted to know more and I wanted to share it with my audience so it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. So any final thoughts before we sign off? Um, you know, one last thing I would love to add for your listeners is another big piece of our business is actually giving back. Mm. So if one of your listeners knows or hears of an, a nonprofit or an organization that doesn't actually have budget for this type of thing, or maybe their budgets are on a different cycle and they don't know when their money's coming in, but they do have employees that are at risk, we work with some of the downtown east side and some neighborhood houses, and we offer it for free. So um, that's part of our mandate as well, as we take some of our profits from our enterprise customers and we, we distribute it to nonprofits. So don't be shy if, if you know of a nonprofit where they're sending people into different uncomfortable or dangerous, somewhat dangerous situations, reach out to us because we'd love to have you on board as well. Don't worry about the financial piece. Um, you know giving back is is what we love to do so that would that would be my final thought i just would hate for a nonprofit to feel like ah you know i send people into homes but i i don't have the budget for this no problem right right yeah yeah i was just thinking about home health care workers and yeah exactly. um shelters and um, yep. and that's a big places. one like w women shelters absolutely yes. yeah. um and even women um you know, who are, are trying to get out of uncomfortable or really highly dangerous situations in their families. Mm -hmm. we're, we're happy to help them as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Meredith. Thanks. It was super nice to reconnect with you. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple Podcasts app if you listen to the show that way. And if you want more me time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, consider joining our Me Time Midlife community on Facebook. Simply search for Me Time Midlife Community in your Facebook search bar or go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.